the way I suggest you think about your LinkedIn presence, think of it as a website. And that website needs to convert your ideal reader into reaching out. Once you think about the objective of your profile, of your presence, then it, you should find it easy enough to build it in that way. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. It's so glad, I'm so glad to be back with you again today. It is a privilege and an honor to be your host and to bring you some incredible talent. And today is no different because I'm on the line today with the wonderful Daniel Alfon. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Rick. No, not a problem at all. Now, look, just for context, uh, Daniel is a LinkedIn specialist, and we're going to be talking about how to leverage LinkedIn as a new entrepreneur, and we're going to be covering the do's and don'ts of the platform and how to generate leads, connect with your target audience, and much, much more throughout the call. But before we do any of that, Daniel, it's customary for us to spend a bit of time learning about you. Now, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling from Ganyavne, south of Tel Aviv, Israel. Oh, beautiful. And that's the beachfront down there, isn't it? It's not far from the beach. Wonderful, wonderful. And what do you love about that uh, that area that you're living in? Uh, it's a small community. You know, Israel is the size of uh, New Jersey, so uh, we can drive uh, for an hour and get to the end of the uh, the country in most cases. Uh, it's warm, almost as nice as nice as Adelaide, Southern Australia. Fantastic. So where did you grow up? In the same location? Um, no, we, I, I, was, uh, I grew up in France and I uh, moved to Israel. I returned to France and, and now I'm back uh, to stay. We, uh, we moved to Ganyavne 20 years ago when uh, my wife was pregnant and uh, our three kids were raised here. Fantastic. So do you have much time uh, with your family or what, what do you do in your pastime? Uh, thanks to COVID, I have some more. Yeah, don't we all? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> commuting, uh, you know, was uh, almost uh, cancelled. Every virtual training moved, every training moved to be uh, either on Zoom or, or Teams. So that uh, that's a real gift of, you know, two hours a day uh, of, of less commuting and, and being able to do to do things and to listen and to learn and to read and to listen to music. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that and so, for family as well. And you do some uh, lecturing online too, don't you? Yes, that's what I do for a living, yes. Yes, fantastic. Well, look, uh, in terms of music, you, you touched on music. What type of music do you enjoy? Uh, it's a bit eclectic, Nick. It would be anything from uh, 60s classic rock, uh, soul, Sam Cooke type, mm -hmm. um, Dylan, um, classical music, baroque music, um, all sorts of in instrumental music that I uh, can also work and, and enjoy listening to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's... it's it's pretty eclectic. Yep. Now, it's one it's it's one thing to be an artist as a musician, but recently I'm hearing the likes of uh, you know the major corporations buying buying out um, you know all of the artists' um, releases for like two hundred and fifty three hundred million dollars. That's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, we're we're in the wrong business. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in terms of food, Uh, are you are you a cook? Um, I I didn't know even how to you know uh, make coffee maybe two years ago, but COVID again enabled me to to uh, step into the kitchen uh, in in baby steps. I'm not a cook yet, but I managed to do something that's eatable. So it's it's a progress. It's a progress, absolutely. Thank you for sharing because I love to uh, dig a little bit deeper and learn a bit about the people behind the business because we all know that business fundamentally doesn't change. We know that COVID's had some impacts, but uh, you know, learning about these sorts of things is always really nice. So do you have any hobbies? What do you, do you do any sports? What about that side of your life? Uh, play tennis a bit, uh, walk, um, and uh, I think listening to music and, and reading are probably my, uh, uh, the hobbies I, I enjoy most. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, I'm wondering, Daniel, how was it, um, I guess, leading up to uh, what you're doing now? uh, What sort of profession were you in? What were you doing? Uh, I moved from uh, training uh, to competitive intelligence and and marketing. Mm -hmm. And I discovered LinkedIn. I signed up to LinkedIn early in 2004. And at one point, I simply saw that LinkedIn enabled me to shorten my sales cycle. I was uh, looking for uh, American distributors and LinkedIn enabled me to find the right person because I knew their name. And then at, at one point, I was looking for a playbook about LinkedIn, but there was no playbook I could find. And that led me to dive deeper into it and, and write a book about it and publish content about it. And the platform itself has grown by leaps and bounds and mm-hmm. it's, it's very rich now. Yeah, I, it's funny because I, you're one of the very few um, profiles that I've seen where I click your image and it shows a video. That was that was a really nice touch. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, most of on th- most of the things you can do on on LinkedIn are, are free. You just need some. It requires a bit of time to uh, to play with and, and and do it. And I could think of of many ways entrepreneurs could leverage that because mm. it still amazes people to see you know the uh it has to be a short video it's it's uh, muted the first time yeah but you can still make a very strong impression with your pitch in in five or ten seconds and that's something that's uh, easily done yeah i noticed absolutely and i thought that's really really good uh introduction to you as a person as a as a professional who's obviously that's your whole life is linkedin so it makes good sense that you know all of the ins and outs but um i'm wondering i feel just intuitively that linkedin is an underutilized resource what do you think of that i couldn't agree more you know on the one hand it has close to 1 billion users and every second two people sign up and on the other hand, most people, most LinkedIn users only go to LinkedIn occasionally when they need either to lock someone up or they, when they're looking for clients or when they're looking for a new job. And below the hood, if you, if you, if you look at the LinkedIn engine, it has lots and lots of powerful content, amazing possibilities that only require a system and time. And time. I wonder, um, not many people, I wouldn't think that, at least I know, would ever associate it with um, connection and, and, and getting leads. How, did, how does that come about? What's the process behind that? Um, you know, before LinkedIn, referrals used to be one of the best ways we could have clients. Mm-hmm. 
for for thousands of years for millennia so so nothing has changed linkedin is, is just a tool yeah and as much as it's powerful the essence of linkedin is enabling you rick as an individual to connect or to network with other individuals other people and instead of if you're an entrepreneur then the way i suggest you think about your linkedin presence mm-hmm. is not as a job seeker it doesn't have to look like a cv i was uh chief of marketing there and then i moved here but just think of it as a website and that website needs to convert your ideal reader into reaching out either downloading your app or going to my business my future business.com or mm-hmm. requesting an interview anything like that and when once you think about the objective of your profile of your presence then it, you should find it easy enough to build it in that way there seems to be some like higher tiers like your premium uh, account options there um, for example when I connected with you I was still able to send you that initial message do you see any um, validity in, in small businesses and medium-sized businesses actually going up to that next level and opening up the the premium account features it's a good question I wouldn't advise starting by using the premium uh, LinkedIn uh, features because mm-hmm. if you got it you would not appreciate what you get yeah and truth to be told the free product is so overwhelming that many users have not discovered more than five or ten percent of, of out of the uh, possibilities that a free account offers mm-hmm. maybe down mm-hmm. the road but once you actually experience the limitations of the free account mm-hmm. then it would make sense to consider paying but un- until you you get to that point it doesn't make sense to uh, to use to, to move for a premium account in my opinion okay so what about business building is it is it just as good for personal relationship building from a professional standpoint as it is you know b2b It's as good as you'd like it to be mm-hmm. if, you, if you have a system. Yes, B2B is a strong component of, of LinkedIn, but even some B2C um, specialists could still use LinkedIn to target only B2B customers, only B2B partners. Okay, so I was a, a, a video producer or a photographer or, or an editor and I would work with individuals. Then there could the question to ask was is, to, is can I find companies that would appreciate my skill set and pay me for what I know and they would call it maybe instead of just video production it would be um, a video of, of uh, the company sales meetings or the company products mm-hmm. or something else but you could certainly use your skill set in a b2b environment in most cases and And that will enable you to keep your B2C focus elsewhere, maybe on your website, and only present the B2B angle on LinkedIn. And that would be the best of both worlds. That's fantastic feedback. Thank you very much for sharing. Now, what type of businesses do you see using LinkedIn? And are there any categories of businesses or industries in, in themselves that benefit more than others? LinkedIn is, is one of those uh, great equalizers. I've seen small you know I'm, I'm based in Israel startup nations mm-hmm. we have you know a more unicorn since we started this conversation than, mm-hmm. than maybe yep. other parts of the world yep uh, and I, I found I see that 
some founders and some startup uh, managers manage to leverage LinkedIn fantastically. And you see, you know, much larger companies, companies that have that have hundreds in, and even thousands of, of employees with no LinkedIn presence and all sorts of mistakes. It just requires an, an understanding and, and a decision to use LinkedIn. Do you think it is that does that therefore make it almost mandatory for medium to large size businesses to have a LinkedIn profile? It, de facto, it has become um, mandatory. Uh, just one one quick example: when mm -hmm. you run a search for someone's name, yeah, then in ninety percent of the cases, their LinkedIn profile would pop up in the first page, and often in one of the very top results. So it doesn't matter if that manager of that person has not logged into in, in LinkedIn for two years, but when you run a Google search on that person, then LinkedIn will show up. The, the question we should ask ourselves is, is, do we let LinkedIn use it or do we as individuals want to decide what to show the world? Yeah. And of course, the, the, second, the second choice is much better. You call the shots. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I wonder, um, what do you personally love, to be, love about LinkedIn? What is your number one thing that really stands out for you as being a great feature? Uh, There's probably the many years, of them. Yeah, it, there are many. Um, I still think that long-form content and articles are when written well are interesting on, on LinkedIn and that enable us to um, uh, discover new content. Maybe a quick uh, um, uh, example of, of a feature. You can follow anyone on LinkedIn without being connected to that person. Yeah. So whenever you visit someone, it, it, it also um, it boils down to, to your connection strategy. Maybe we'll touch on that later. But if you see someone who's producing content and you want to subscribe to that sort of content or get notified when that person shares something publicly, then it, it takes one click and you don't have to ask for permission. And that means your feed will become more relevant. Yeah. And if you'd like to learn more about some technology or some business or, or some segment, then within a few minutes, you will find interesting people, amazing thought leaders, and you will, you will be able to follow their uh, uh, LinkedIn profiles and maybe also down the road engage. Yeah, and this is where somebody like yourself, Daniel, would come in because um, business owners are super busy already. So to have to learn all of this stuff, it's taken you many years, I'm sure, to get to the point that you have. Now, um, I wonder if, uh, should all roads lead back to LinkedIn or should you have your own website? Do you think it's um, that you could get away with having one and not the other or both? I think it's important to have a presence that's yours mm -hmm. and in that sense a website is essential and even linkedin should point to your website right however if it takes you too much time to build your own website then in the meantime you could use you can treat linkedin as one of your websites yeah and until your website you know is uh, uh up and running you can you can always consider linkedin to be another website you own 
but in the long term it's best to have your own website your own mailing list your own uh, thing because linkedin could you know it, it will not disappear overnight but you don't own everything on it and it, it, it if you want to uh to be on the safe side you must have a website that's yours so i think about um you know strategic uses of linkedin and i think to myself well I could do market research on here. I could, you know, so I could work out my target demographic before I start to produce a product or whatever it might be before I enter a market. What are other, some of the other strategic connection uses that you can think about? The market research you mentioned, Rick, is, is, is excellent. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can think about the next logical step. Say you wanted to help uh, podcasters launch their website and monetize their, their website. Then after researching LinkedIn and finding uh, lots and lots of, of podcasters or mm -hmm. people who could launch your podcast, one thing you could do is to look for specific podcasting groups on LinkedIn. And that enables you to find groups with hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of podcasters. Mm -hmm. And you could help those people by sharing non-salesy educational content in that group the value and first. why is that important because even if you have you know 20,000 connections then there will, there will still be a lot of other people you will never be connected to and those people could become clients so group is one way to focus and, and niche down on your target industry without being limited by your own connections that's fantastic feedback um, we, we touched on, I guess, the do's and the don't, uh, don'ts on the platform. They all have rules. And oftentimes, Daniel, they have pages and pages of policy, and it's very difficult to get through. So I'm wondering if you can shed some light on the do's and the don'ts, some of the main ones. Um, I think the, the first one I think it needs to be mentioned is that LinkedIn doesn't allow you as a user to use automation. Right. Let's, let's just try to, to understand what that means. There are many uh, tools out there that, that tell you we can auto-connect with 2,000 people for you. We can visit you know, 500 profiles a day and we will make sure that they get a sequence of here's my connection request, here's an mm -hmm. article, and let's jump to, to, a, to a Zoom call or something like that. Mm -hmm. And by signing up to LinkedIn, one of the terms and conditions that everyone has uh, accepted uh, when when signing up was to not to use limited automation on linkedin mm -hmm. and the, the fact that is, is that linkedin actually not only bans automation but at one point linkedin will also restrict your own account if you use such an automation and that means it, it not only will you not be able to use the tool but you might lose your network, access to your contacts and your LinkedIn um, profile altogether. So it's a very risky area. Mm. It's best to think about LinkedIn as a um, professional, conservative, slow and, and safe environment. Mm -hmm. And as a guideline, it should it should cover pretty much everything we, we need. We don't we don't even in terms of, of interest. LinkedIn is, is not a place where would, you would share lots of content that is personal versus professional. Right. So when a new user 
is um, going through the onboarding process, I'm wondering if we can maybe elaborate a little bit and, and share with them some of the things they should do when onboarding. What are, like, for example, they've got a few connections, they know a few people, do they reach out? Do they send them a, a hello message? What's the process that you would recommend? Good. So let me ask uh, a slightly different question, mm -hmm. and that uh, relates to the profile versus connections. Okay. Right. The, the what what many people do is connect with hundreds of people or thousands of people of people, and then remember that their profile isn't converting their ideal client. So before reaching out to anyone, my very first tip when onboarding or starting on LinkedIn would be to actually make sure that your own profile converts. And that could that could take you know 30 minutes, 45 minutes just showing the best content, taking the, you were mentioning websites, taking the best content from your website and showing it on LinkedIn is, is the first step to do. Otherwise, what you're doing is, it's as if I was uh, to run a campaign for Rick Nuski and the first a Google result would be a page under construction. Yeah, right. It doesn't make yeah. sense. No. So first, build your presence there and then expand your network and send connection and have a connection strategy are you aiming at quantity or quality yeah you almost um, rely on the uh the omnipresence of time passing by don't you, you just take it slow and one step at a time i noticed um daniel that it seemed to me at least that you had two different types of profile pages um, is there a difference? Is there a main profile? Very much like the Facebook experience where you can have your own main profile and then pages. Um, is it like that or? It's similar to that in the, in the sense that as an individual, you would have your profile. That's the term. Mm -hmm. But as a business, you would also have a page. In other words, my, my future business could have a LinkedIn page and a LinkedIn page would be the page where companies would list their employees. Another counterintuitive thing to remember is that for most SMBs and most entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. the page is not that important on LinkedIn. The profile is much more important because most LinkedIn users do not follow pages. Right. Most LinkedIn users connect on an individual basis. So they would look you up, they would find you, they would send you, Rick, a connection. They would not follow my future business uh, page because it's not something most people do. So don't worry about the page. Start mm -hmm. with your own profile. And, you know, once you have 200 employees, then make sure that your page shares something once a month. But it's not, if you compare it to Facebook, then the LinkedIn page is pretty static. And it's not where you should focus as an entrepreneur or even a small and medium uh, business owner. Fantastic feedback. Thank you very much, Daniel. Now, I'd like to take a bit of a deep dive into the generation of leads on LinkedIn. I understand that there's a like a, a pay-per-click service in LinkedIn. Is that correct? Yes, they're, they're, LinkedIn offers a lot of um, uh, ways to, to generate uh, leads. Maybe, maybe uh, one thing we could, uh, we could do is dive into the uh, potential ways of uh, generating uh, leads on, oh, on absolutely yes there, thank you cool so there are uh, six ways uh, six main ways uh, to to generate uh, leads on on LinkedIn five five of them are, are free let's 
really uh, um, mention them quickly. The, the way you could market on LinkedIn is either through active referrals, that's the first method, mm -hmm. or connecting and nurturing those relationships, that's the second. Attracting people with content, that would be the third. Events, virtual or physical events, paid advertising, and transforming splash posts. So all in all, the, the acronym would be ACCEPT, A-C-C-E-P-T. Right. Each, each of those is viable. Each of those could lend you uh, clients. The worst thing to do is to jump from one method to, to another to because another. it takes time. Again, one is based on, on the fact that you know your network well, and the second is based on having 30,000 connections. So you would not have enough time to generate leads if you moved from one system to, to the other. And maybe one thing you could uh, consider is, is having um, really analyzing what you're looking for, the number of clients you're looking for, whether they're active on LinkedIn or not, how many clients, how many inquiries can you handle? Yeah. Are you in the mass market, mask market? Do you only want them to download something or is it a consultative sale? Is it an expensive product? Do you need to onboard them um, manually or individually? And that will also affect the, your choice of, of um, generating leads on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. The frequent method that many uh, marketers use is connect, cold connecting and then having a series of uh, messages through LinkedIn or outside of LinkedIn. That method has backfired for many of them. I bet. Because we don't like to be sold to and we, we sense the automation and it's no longer effective in my eyes for many, many companies. There's definitely some rules around where you send people to, especially if it's back to your website and say it's a landing page. Do they have um, tight policies on what type of page you can send them externally to outside of the LinkedIn platform? Um, what, what LinkedIn does is penalize you if let's uh, discuss maybe sharing on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Let, let's say that you have two options. One is to write an article or a post with say your insights from, uh, from a recent uh, uh, interview you had and you interviewed uh, Paul Frigia and, and you understood that the story with, with a capital S is something that many marketers could benefit from. Right. But you could also just link to the episode in, and send people away to your podcast. LinkedIn will penalize that second approach because LinkedIn simply wants people to stay on LinkedIn. So if you only share external links, LinkedIn will limit the, the number of people who will see that update or, or see the, the fact that you shared it. Algorithmically. Yeah, so there are lots of ways around this. Well, the usual way would be to write something and then post a comment. And the first comment would have a link going back to the episode or going back to the uh, the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, nothing. You know, it, it, there are pros and cons for uh, for each. For both. Um, but LinkedIn likes it if you manage to keep people inside of LinkedIn. So, so one one way to do it is is to use a quote from uh, from the article, or if if you um, go back to the interview you had with Audrey Kirchner about her her website building uh, and and her rebranding, mm -hmm. then you could simply have 
an image of your guest with a quote or two, and, and that could be powerful enough for LinkedIn to show it to many people. And in some cases, some of those people will go back to my future business and, li and listen to the podcast or you would, you would separate the um, insights mm -hmm. and sharing the, uh, the link to the actual podcast. That's what I love doing. I love to use an image of the latest interview and it's um, posted onto the site because uh, I know that there's a lot of people on there that see them and they you know, get a lot of value. But I also would love to get your take on video on the platform. Does that sort of suffer the same thing if they're playing the video on site? Video is, is pretty big on LinkedIn in, in, in social in, in, uh, in general. Mm. Uh, LinkedIn also enables you to run um, a LinkedIn live events and, and uh, lots of native video uh, is, is played on, on, on LinkedIn. Um, I think video should be part of your content strategy if you, if you produce content. And what works best, in my opinion, on LinkedIn in the long term are educational videos and educational content. Yeah. So just think about the problems your, uh, uh, your ideal client is trying to tackle and trying to answer and find ways for you to inform them without being too, tales, too sales, I'm sorry. It, because you've you've walked that path before, and you know the the, the questions they ask themselves, mm -hmm. so you could produce content, either video or post or articles, that will guide them to to make a better informed decision about the next step, about launching or about pivoting or about growing their business, and once you become their trusted advisors advisor then they will be the you'll not have to to tell them that you they can off they can order services from you they will be, they will become the buyer instead of you becoming the seller i was very fortunate to interview ari galper um, he's um, very big on this sort of trusted advisor stuff and you know this is what this seems to be is the adding value building genuine relationships becoming someone that people go to for answers. Now, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been on the LinkedIn platform doing what you do? Um, I signed up, uh, it was 17 years ago, so it was February 2004. Wow, time um, flies, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, we all had hair back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And maybe then I, I published my book in 2014. I was going to ask you I about that. My, yeah, my, my first training, uh, it initially was helping friends, maybe 2007, 2008. And then what, what happened is that those friends, you know, bec became entrepreneurs themselves and they brought me to, to uh, train their sales team. So it's over uh, 13 years, maybe. Wow, it's a snowball, isn't it? Now, let's go back to your book. <laughs> How to build a LinkedIn profile for business success. How long did this take? Um, you, you know, I've, I've never told anyone this, but <laughs> the reason I, I wrote the book is that I went to Amazon to order a book I wanted to read. And then I had some pop-up saying, are you an author? Click here. And then I saw that the process of uploading a file was really simple. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I could, I could do this. And I, I imagine it would take me maybe three weeks. I had everything in my mind. 
and it took me probably closer to a year and a half. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> because writing, I, I, I did write pretty quickly, but I wanted to edit it and improve it and add screenshots and make uh, the sequence a lot more uh, uh, intuitive. So rewriting and editing took a lot of time, but I, I think the, res the end result was... Um, more user-friendly and uh, enable readers to really improve their LinkedIn presence without being overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a real credit to you because I know full well how much of a challenge it is to take an idea and actually turn it into a useful, and I emphasize useful book in nowadays, uh, especially with something like LinkedIn. Now, I'd love to, if we could, Daniel, to switch over to your professional services and talk a little bit about uh, what, what, what it is that you actually do for your clients. Excellent, uh, with pleasure. I do everything that, that uh, LinkedIn enables my clients to, uh, to do. So the first question would be, can you explain or can you identify the sort of client you're looking for? Because if you cannot do that, then LinkedIn will not help you. And I'm afraid I will not be able to help you a lot. But if mm. you know what services you'd like to offer, and if you manage to define your ideal client, then we would uh, walk through a, a couple of questions and analysis and seeing what the, the current situation is and where, where you'd like to be. In many cases, it starts with uh, training, training either to... Uh, uh, the sales manager or a PA or someone else in, in the company. And, and by that time, we um, see the content that the company has produced or is about to produce and the right methodology for them. For some managers, it would be uh, through content. For others, it would be through referrals. Yet others will, will uh, use the connect and nurture or other systems. And it's, uh, it's a journey. Um, I, I think the clients I work with gain clients in revenues, but they also gain uh, insights about, you know, I'm probably one of the uh, few people who ask them specific questions about their target audience. Right. In some cases, it's, it's something they, they've done for, for years in their they find themselves, you know, uh, stuttering and thinking about ways to define their ideal clients. Or what sort of keywords would we use? What mm -hmm. sort of position would that person have? And I also have 90% uh, of my clients come through referrals. And, and, and that would sound like I, I got your, your phone number or your email from someone who attended a lecture like three years ago and, and now I'm, I'm able to do my own thing and I wanted um, to ask for, uh, for your help. Um, it's an interesting journey. Oh, yeah. And once you, you understand how LinkedIn works, the more you invest your time in it, the, the better you'll, the, resu your, the results you'll, uh, you'll see are, are going to be more impressive. Absolutely. This is wonderful feedback. I'm loving this journey that you're taking us on because, as I mentioned to you before, we have not had many LinkedIn specialists um, and you are up there with the best of them. So thank you very much for sharing. Now, uh, more importantly, is there an application process? And if there is one, um, where are people going to find you outside of LinkedIn? Do you have your own website where they need to go? 
Yes, I eat my own uh, dog food, and, and Daniel Alphon is my website, and that's the first, uh, the, the best place to, to start. There's a lot of con free content there, articles, uh, a giveaway, a freebie about your LinkedIn headline, and, and uh, a messaging system that enables anyone to, to get in touch. Uh, thank you very much for, for this. Yeah, no, look, it's an absolute pleasure to have uh, been able to spend some time with you. Everybody who was on the show today would have definitely taken some away, some tidbits, some nuggets of gold, as it were. And so if you're on the call today and you're interested in LinkedIn, I'm certainly sure you should be. You can visit danielalfon.com. I'll be making sure that that link back to Daniel and as well as go check out his profile on LinkedIn should be an obvious step from this call forward. So uh, with all that being said, Daniel, thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you very much, Rick. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.